Hello, and welcome to the Serving Love Podcast. My name is Meredith, and I will be your humble host. Serving Love is an exploration around some of the paths to show up and live as love and to be of service to something greater than ourselves. We will dive deep into topics such as sacred sex, God, goddess, spirituality, and an array of modalities in the world of personal growth. I feel so honored to have the privilege to share with you here. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Serving Love podcast. Today on the show, we have Romy Alan. Welcome, Romy. Hi, Meredith. So happy to be here. Hi, love. So happy to have you. <laughs> so Thanks good. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah, yep, my love. pleasure. <laughs> Actually, this is your desire. Let's talk about this for a second. I love this. Romy reached out to me and he's like, when am I going to be on your podcast? And I was like, oh my God, I love this. Let's do it. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I was doing another podcast last week for uh, for for uh, one one of my two jobs. So for another job, it's I work for a tech company called Rising Team, and I was doing a podcast for them, and I had so much fun. And then you popped up on my feed promoting your podcast for someone else. I just I was like, I, I want to be on this podcast. I want to be a podcast person. Yeah. And you also yeah. love me. Let's be real. <laughs> I especially have a not so covert uh, crush on you, <laughs> which I frequently express. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Thank you. So sweet. I'm just like, love seeing your face. And um, yeah, Romy and I met at ISTA level one in Northern California in October. And had like a sweet evolution of our friendship over the week. I think at first I was like, I don't know about you, Romy. And then like, then you're like, oh, like I felt you soften and open. And I was like, oh, I love Romy. So it was such a sweet way to meet you and get to know you just, you know, a tiny little bit. So yeah, that was a very, very special week. I think we had met before. Oh, yes, right. Maybe at Harbin. Mm hmm. I think we had met before prior, but you're right. We really dove in uh, and got to see each other like for real during that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. What a beautiful yeah. week. Um, and yeah, I love it. I want to bring up what we were talking about today before the podcast, because, because I, I love just being so authentic on here, talking about how we were going back and forth a little bit about how you were maybe feeling a little tired and I'm a little cranky today. And I was like, great, let's do it. Like part of serving love is showing up as we are, especially as facilitators and space holders, like we're human beings. And I think it's really cool to show people like what's true and what's real from day to day. Yep. I appreciate, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the invitation to just come tired, cranky, not perfect, but um, what's actually happening right now is actually happening right now. So there's no facade. Totally. I love it. (laughs) And it feels kind of like, um, like the masks are off. So who knows what we'll say. (laughs) Who knows? Yay. But I'm so excited because I know Soul Play is coming up, and I know how many people love this event, like adore Soul Play, look forward to it every year. So I'd love to dive in and chat about that. And 
the first thing that comes to my mind is like, where did it come from? Like, how did, how was it born? Where did the idea start? And um, I'd love to hear about kind of like the evolution about, of soul play, like, you know, where it started and where it is now, because it's kind of a big to do now, Romy. Oh, maybe that's your, your, your words, your words are fine. Um, but yeah, for context, yes, I started Soul Play back in 2015. And Soul Play, for those who don't know, is currently one event, but it's a community really organized around the idea of people uh, getting just more and more authentic with themselves, kind of finding digging deeper and kind of peeling. It's like interesting that you said without the masks. So we're here without the masks. Soul Play was created in this idea of can we create an environment that has people feel safe enough to remove the masks that they wear, the masks that all of us wear in our daily life, in our careers, in different places, and reveal what's underneath and actually be in that, kind of be strong in that, in our vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And... Soul Play currently is a, the one that's coming up, it's a four-day immersive experience, uh, fully inclusive of food and programming. It's basically a large retreat that happens up in Cobb, which is in Northern California, about 15 minutes from Harbin Hot Springs, or two hours north of San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, coming up this June 8th to the 11th, uh, coming up really soon. But how did it start? So it's again, it started with in 2015 with this idea of I had been going to a bunch of workshops, uh, Tantra workshops, uh, High workshops, which was the Human Awareness Institute, which is an amazing organization that does workshops about love and sexuality. And there was a certain quality of presence and of vulnerability that 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 got revealed through through these workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, because people were just feeling safer and safer throughout the weekend to be themselves. And then what I noticed was when I was kind of that safe and that open, the quality of the connections that I was making with other people was just something I had never experienced before. It was so rich. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had this aha moment of what's making it rich is that we're actually meeting from a place of my vulnerable self, unmasked, kind of undefended, is meeting other people in their vulnerable self, unmasked, undefended. And when those people met, if we were, if there was a spark, it was, it was real, it was rich and it carried on, you know, way past the workshop. And there was something that it was so magical to me, that realization uh, that I set out to see if, can we create, can I create an environment at a larger scale beyond just the, you know, 30, 40 people that might be in a workshop or in a retreat, and it's a high commitment. Can we create something on a larger scale that invites people to experience that level of connection with themselves and then that level of connection with others? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how Soul Plate was born. Like, what, is that, what does that look like? How can we invite people into this, this quality of presence? Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the beginning, it was just, you know, me calling up people, trying to see if they'd come to this wacky new idea that I had, especially presenters. Like, if I build this, will you come? And uh, they did. People came. And it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. How many people came the first year? Do you remember? Uh, 250. Oh, shit. That was your first year. <laughs> 
250. Yeah, it is. It is worth mentioning that um, because of the way the programming works and stuff. So there's, you know, a good 100 of those 250 are staff, musicians, Mm -hmm. presenters, things like that. I think we probably actually sold maybe like 100 and something tickets. But it's still a lot of people in your first year. So the thing that speaks to what you're creating when what, what you were offering was magnetic right? It's like people could feel like your heart behind it. Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. And I do think that I, I do think that what Soul Play offers is different. It's a step away from pretty much everything else, else out there uh, in terms of events, in terms of festivals. There's a way in which it carries the kind of the creative freedom and fun of a lot of festivals that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this, again, this workshop equality, this retreat quality where the, the events are hundred percent sober. Mm-hmm. No, there's no drugs at all. No alcohol or no drugs. Yeah. And people are coming to actually learn something about themselves mm-hmm. and learn something that they can take back into their life. So this is, it really is, you know, by definition, a transformational event that people do open up to new ways of being. Mm-hmm. And another thing that's highly unique is, again, it's this emphasis on finding who you are, who who is the most you that you can be, like your unique self, your authentic self. And that's why we don't really have any extravagant costumes. There isn't kind of a whole theatrical, there is no theatrical aspect to soul play. It's about, you're not trying to play a part and be someone who you're not, you're trying to play yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing I love about soul play is, one, it's really easy to pack for because it's basically just your kind of regular everyday clothes. Um, you I've don't never have to... heard somebody say that yeah. about a festival. It's so easy. Like you don't have to, you don't, you don't really have to worry about what you're going to wear because it's just your, your everyday clothes, you know, or your yoga clothes or your dance clothes. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to bring food because the food is provided. And it's, it's just, it's a really easy kind of easy to come to event. Mm-hmm. I love that. So exciting. And like, what's it look like now? What's it grown to now? What's this year? <laughs> well, so Soul Play this year is we've, one, it's going to be probably around 900 people. <gasps> wow. All together. Mm-hmm. Um, we have kind of seven or eight different workshops or activities going on in parallel at any given time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Soulplay is built in a way that during the day, it's all uh, different workshops, uh, workshops that bring us into connection with ourselves in different methodologies. So anything from dance and movement, energy practices, breath work, uh, communication among people, uh, different different touch workshops, sensuality, erotic energy. There's all sorts of ways in which we get in touch with ourselves and kind of experience the full spectrum of being a human and everybody gets to kind of choose where you know what's pulling them at the moment um what they need what you need at this moment for example to get connected to yourself or to to explore some something that you want to explore and yeah so it's going to be 900 people um but still very very focused on like the again, getting really intimate with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we've really, really pushed, pushing very, very strong and kind of really cutting edge in how we uh, 
create the culture around caring for each other. Mm. And like we call it care culture. And it's how can we invite people to really care about each other as humans. This manifests itself in how we treat consent, for example, in how we're constantly aware of the impact of our actions on others, uh, how we wait for people to consent to interactions, how we're constantly teaching people how to be aware of the inherent power dynamics that are happening in every interaction, being aware of power dynamics that happen uh, due to identity-based differences, whether it's uh, race or ethnicity or gender. And so we do a lot of education and emphasis on how can we become more aware of the places in which we are uh, like abusing these power dynamics without knowing and how, and also kind of educating a lot in terms of how do we move through things when things happen that are, when we step on people by accident, when we, you know, offend someone or say something that actually puts people down. So one, getting aware of it, but also practicing what we do after that. So how do we do repair and how do we move through it? And how do we not just go into shame cycles or defensiveness? So this is hugely, hugely a focus of soul play these days is the culture change in the direction of we care about everybody and making sure everybody's along for the ride. Amazing. And so do you have um, like a team that is there to help with that? Are there different workshops to help with that? So all of the above. Um, there are also specific, lots of specific workshops. And we, we have a specific time even on Friday, which we call the Brave Belonging Block. Mm-hmm. where the entire programming is all about is all workshops that are examining our privilege in different ways and in different ways to to learn about whether it's through gender or race or just in general kind of confronting our own biases mm-hmm. uh, on top of that we do have a kind of we have in the leadership we have a pretty serious team of we call it soul support and inclusion and belonging which are kind of this one team where one soul support on site, we have an actual fully staffed team of people that are just, they're counselors, they're there to support people when things arise, either if it's big emotions, having a big experience from things of just just feeling lonely to actually having a conflict with other people. Uh, So we have a team called soul support that is there for that purpose. And within that team and kind of in the larger context, we have people that specialize in different areas, such as identity-based when it's race-based or identity-based if it's gender-based or more sexual, uh, you know, accidents or violations. So we have actual people that specialize in each of those that handle cases if they come up and when they come up, because we're all learning and so things come up. Wow, this is amazing. Thank you for doing that. I'm sure people feel so safe and cared for and heard and seen at Soul Play. I haven't been yet, but uh, knowing you. You should come. Maybe. I talked about all the serious stuff. It's also really fun. Really fucking fun. It's really fun. And people have a huge smile. I have a huge smile on my face walking around. It's basically nonstop, like, once you really sink into it, it takes usually a day or two to shake the outside world off you. Right. And then once you're there, you're basically, basically, I'm just walking around with my heart open, beaming it out to the world. And I can just feel everybody else's heart beaming. It's just like a giant group of care bears just beaming to each other. 
And then slowly there's these tractor beams that pull people together and form into cuddle piles. Uh And there's all this love and sharing of the love and sharing of the love. And it's all done sober. And you remember every little bit of it and you take it home and you can recreate it also in the middle of the week with these same friends. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just learning a new way of being with people and a new way of being with yourself. Amazing. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, as you're, you're creating this and you're, you're probably holding and handling so much. Once you get there, do you get to relax and enjoy and go to workshops too? Or like, what's it like for you once you get there? Oh, I have, first of all, I have the most fun at Soul Play. I am the, the happiest person uh, when I'm there. Yes, I hold a lot, but I'd like to say that I have, there is a significant team. Mm-hmm. A significant team that works with me. Some of the people have been there from the beginning. Holly Burlett and Erica Hellstrom, for example, have been my two kind of partners in Soul Play from the very beginning, from the very first year. So I'm definitely not at it alone. On top of that, we have a core team of 10 people that work on this wow. actually in the background throughout throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, we have another at least hundred people I would say that are both volunteers or lead volunteers in the event itself that are kind of actually running things and running the operations and doing all that stuff. Um, Once I am there, I personally transition into more of a hosting role. Mm -hmm. And my role mostly is to walk (laughs) around beaming my love, my heart love at people and asking them how it's going and noticing if anybody's alone, feeling lonely and asking them how it's going Mm -hmm. and just kind of walk, mostly walking around and uh, modeling what we're preaching. Mm. Do you have any workshops that you're looking forward to this year? I, I feel like people tell me the names of the workshops and they're always like so creative and fun. And you're kind of like, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> so I'm curious, is there anything on the schedule that you are particularly looking forward to? I mean, it is so hard to choose. One of the hardest parts about Soul Play is that we, and this is especially due to Holly, who does all the curation for the uh-huh. programming it's all really good and it's extremely hard to choose. So the one like bad thing about soul play I will say is you do find yourself a little bit in decision paralysis. Mm -hmm. I want to be in three places at the same time. Uh, So it's hard. It's hard to choose. I would say that there's, there is one thing that I never miss that I I never miss, which I really love, which is this uh, workshop that Lauren Arrow does called processing Uh and basically it's this she gets people to kind of she basically creates music composes music by having kind of people in the crowd make a different sound so she'll have these people go and then she'll have these people go and she kind of continues around and just we create music together and we usually do this by the creek and it's it's just this beautiful beautiful experience that I always love Another thing that I never miss is the <laughs> epic, epic pool parties, especially the one that happens on the last day on Sunday, mm. where we have DJ Dane playing the set, and you will typically find me riding the floaty unicorn, kind of going off at the pool. 
<laughs> at that time. So not to be missed. The, the, soul, the, the soul play pool parties are something really for the books. Uh, it's, it, they're very special and you, you have to see it to understand what I mean. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, let's see <laughs> what happens for me this year. I think you should come. You know? <laughs> we'll see. Life is busy. As you may know, I'm creating a festival of my own. I do. So... <laughs> yeah, where, where, where is your festival? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did my last episode on this. Mine is going to be upstate New York, um, end of June into early July. And I'm creating it with a number of my like best, best girlfriends. And yeah, it's going to be amazing. So there's a pan, like the, the women who are facilitating are like some incredible facilitators where I when I started out on this path many years ago I was looking at them being like oh my god I'm scared I don't even know how to talk to them and like now they're my best friends and I like sometimes I'm just like oh. me this is my life so it's been a desire for a long time to create with them because what we do when we're together like alone with each other in the woods should be oh. should, should what be do you do together for alone in the woods Let's just say, like, the, <laughs> the last times we, we had our own little Yoni burn, my friend has a yurt on her property, and there's a gong, a giant gong, and we're like, we're like, oh, let's just, like, go out to the yurt and do some sex magic, you know, so we're all, like, self-pleasuring and in the yurt, and then there's a gong, and then waters are flowing, and, like, things are moving, and we're like, oh, my God, like, this needs to be shared, <laughs> like, this is what we do, like, when we're together, we don't watch TV, you know? Um, why, why would you why would you so we're like um so yeah things like that and we wanted to create a space for other women to be able to be a part of that kind of magic and sisterhood where we're like really showing up fully and like so raw and doing um naughty things that are really fun together in the woods so it's like like everybody should have that with their friends that sounds great and so this is a this is a a, a, a women it only is it's gonna be women's only this year who knows this is just mm-hmm. our first year so it's definitely inspiring listening to you talking about the evolution of soul play um you know how it started and where it is now and I definitely have the desire for this to be an annual thing like I can feel that that excitement and that level of like magic backing it. So it's very exciting. I think one of the things, if, if we're already talking about that, which I could, I could share um, that surprised me about the evolution of soul play. Mm-hmm. was I, when we started out, I thought I was just creating an event. Like that was my mindset creating this event. And it might be where you're, where you're starting out. Like let's create this event. And what I didn't realize is that when you do an event that really kind of impacts people, and if you do it consistently, it stops being just an event, it starts becoming a community. And that surpri- mm-hmm. that kind of surprised me. I did not realize that what was actually happening is we were going to form a community that lives over time. Mm-hmm. And now the same community has offshoot events that are soul play adjacent. And there's Facebook groups for different areas of soul players around. And people have used now the, the soul play logo on the shirts on like dating profiles as a way to signal that like what kind of person they are. 
and it's just really cool to see um and just something that i it was kind of an unexpected Mm -hmm. outcome Mm -hmm. of that the the community has a life of its own Mm -hmm. yeah beyond just the events yeah and I love that too. And I, and I think of the world word soul, right. And like the soul is like, that is the absolute truth of our being. There's a human self, there's a soul, there's, you know, the heart and like the void, whatever, however you want to call it. And when we come from the soul, it like, it it's like, it's like the truest frequency there is, right. It's like, and so when you're expressing this, when you created this from a place of your soul, it's like the soul knows, right? It's not about the ego. It's not about the personal self. It's like, oh, there's this thing that wants to be born and it's happening. To, it's like happened to come through me, you know, and yep. and yep, then it comes out and it's true and it's honest and authentic and people can feel it. And then they're attracted to that because it feels it feels so good to be around. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. And I think that it's kind of like having a baby, you know, like I ha- had a baby mm-hmm. and in the first years, the baby needs a lot of attention and kind of you really have to do everything for it. Mm-hmm. And as this baby is growing, it's developed and developing its own personality. And now I don't have to tell it everything what to do, just a little bit of guidance and less and less guidance is needed, but it has a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my encouragement to you of just go do this event and kind of be persistent with it. And you'll, you'll see how it slowly will take a life of its own. If you're able to just stick with it for, for a little bit. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm in it to win it in it for the long yeah, just time. Surrender, surrender to the journey. That's right. I'm on it. <laughs> and I'm sure it's not without its kinks. We've definitely had a couple of those already. So I'm sure, but it's been an interesting thing for me to be with those because um Sometimes they hit me and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, get a little triggered. But then I'm like, actually, I sit with it and I'm like, how can I learn from this? How can I grow with this? How can I actually be with this differently? How can I surrender to it in a way that it's like, okay, there's other personalities you're creating with other people. Everybody has different needs. Like, you know, this person may want it this way and this person may want it the other. And it's like, how do we meet and surrender and like come into a place of like flow and integrity with each other. And that's all part of it too, is like, I'm already learning so freaking much, you know? Yeah. Well, being a co-parent, which is kind of what this is, it's Uh something with additional co-parents and being a co-parent is hard. I actually know. I actually have also, I have live children yep. and uh, two of them who are eight and five and going through the journey of actually raising children with, an, uh, with my partner mm-hmm. with my, has shown me how, like, you know, two different people come from two different, you know, nervous from family systems with very different uh just conditioning, very different things that they learn about how things are supposed to be or should be and very different opinions. And now you're doing this thing together that you both care about a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's constant, constant clashes in some ways, like on even some very subtle, subtle levels. And I think running a business or starting an event with new people is the same way. You basically have multiple people with something that's high stakes that everyone really cares about. Mm-hmm. And there's no way around it. You are different people. And the cool thing about that is you bring the diversity actually brings new ideas and different approaches, but it's a constant 
managing of those different ideas and approaches uh, sure. to get to something that you all agree to or you know agree on yeah 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 I had a little aha moment this morning of um one of us like is set on this thing and I was like squirming I'm feeling wobbly about it right yep. and then I softened and I thought to myself okay well actually how can I soften into this like she needs this and how can I see this differently? How can I look at it from a different lens? How can I feel, you know, her truth and see, you know, why she's so like, this is like, you know, standing strong on this thing. So um, there's learning on all levels for the participants, the facilitators, everybody. Yeah, it's, everybody <laughs> everybody's learning all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I'm so grateful. <laughs> everybody is the teacher you know yeah and- <laughs> yeah and I love what you said about you know you have a family too and I know you know this is it's maybe sounds a little tangential but also also does flow into this of you know you also have a family life and you have soul play and you know in your family life you're also passionate about living in this this poly dynamic that you have and um and so I'm curious like how do you be with all of it you know and and how does it kind of like flow together and I'm curious about what that what that is like for you uh well first of all yes it's just a lot uh-huh. <laughs> so it's true I just I'll kind of share I have I have two jobs I run soul play mm-hmm. um half of half of my time and then I other half of the time I'm the head of operations for a tech startup wow. I have two jobs and I have two kids Gaia who's eight and my who's five and then I have two partners my wife Mila who I live with and Mira my partner who lives nearby mm-hmm. and yeah, there is a lot of energy and a lot of focus and it's just, it's just a lot. It is actually a lot to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, how I do it, I don't know. That's just <laughs> inner, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm really committed. Well, well, the truth is I'm really committed. It's kind of what I, what I hope that people get out of soul play, mm-hmm. which is I really believe I'm really committed to continuously finding and living what's true to me Mm -hmm. and following my heart, not just my head, following my heart and my gut and my instincts. And I'm continuously in an evolving process uh, to follow that and to follow that truth. And I'm both committed to my family. It's one of the, you know, the most important things to me, my family unit with my wife and, and having a family. I am similarly committed to Mira, to my other partner. I'm committed to soul play and to my other jobs. So I think it's just, I find the strength because of the, the, the level of conviction and commitment that I am, uh, that I have towards each of these things working Right. You're really living your truth. And so it's not always easy, but you stay committed because this you're living a life that feels in alignment with the truth of who you are. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm continuously committed to doing that. And as that changes and it continuously changes throughout my life, I continue to be committed 
to following what is true mm-hmm. and to following where my full embodied yes is. Mm-hmm. And right now my full embodied yes looks like this and it's this whole big picture and it's quite a lot of energy output required. And, you know, maybe in the future it'll evolve into something else that is maybe more sustainable, but yeah. Do you rest? <laughs> My grandma, my grandma used to say when she was alive, you know, I'll, I'll rest in the grave. <laughs> so so plenty of time, plenty of time to rest later on. I do rest. I do rest. I try to get to sleep. I don't work at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to go to sleep. If it's not a night that something is actually happening, like I'm out on a date or something. Um, I try to get, go to sleep, not far after the kids go to sleep. So I do get full nights of sleep. Uh, but my days are very full, mm-hmm. like kind of every moment is accounted for pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and I love this because this is something that's been on my mind today, right? Because I'm similar. I have a full-time job. I'm working on my own business, working on this festival, have life, like have other events I'm holding the rest of this year, you know, like in a coach, like it's busy, you know, and it's all really good. And sometimes I don't feel resourced, even though I love everything that's Mm -hmm. happening in my life and so yeah I'm just curious some ways that you stay resourced amongst being that busy because I mean I'm sure it's not just us like people are up to stuff and you know busy a lot of the time they have families they have jobs they have businesses like life keeps moving so what are some ways that you stay in your pleasure if you have any uh for sure yeah I mean I think you know, the, you know, the word that everybody uses and as cliche is self-care mm-hmm. and what and I, kind of, for me, it's what are the, what are the practices? What are the activities that nourish me and making sure that I'm not skipping out on those because of the busyness. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those things that nourish me, I live in Maui, by the way, I'm in Hawaii and Maui and I make sure to go surfing mm-hmm. at least once a week, if not twice. So that's, that's one way that is so nourishing to my body, to my soul. Uh, Saturday mornings, I love to, it's like, it's with my kids and I love taking them to the pool, but just being in the water and being in the pool uh, is very nourishing for me. And then making sure I have basically at least two nights a week that I have date nights, one with my wife and one with, one with my wife, Noah and one with Mira. And so there's, always two nights a week that I kind of can look forward to solo adult Mm. time. And yeah, and then we still have community events. So I am, I'm an extrovert, obviously. uh, And by the, you know, and I love hosting and Noah and I together love hosting. And so for example, we like almost every week, we did it last week. We're doing it tonight. We're hosting a community barbecue at our house, for example. I just come uh, over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just, just hop on the next flight. Hop on the next flight. Yeah, we have a community barbecue tonight. We also host once a month at our house every first Wednesday of the month. We host a, a sex positive uh, poly picnic where mm-hmm. we invite people who are interested in sex positive topics to come. It's just a discussion group. It's not a play party. It's just every time we have a different theme and we have a discussion and we mingle and we meet and we basically bring the community together. Um, which is also kind of cool, a community that didn't really exist before we came and we kind of created this community over the last 
20 months by doing this, this potluck every, every month. And so, yeah, kind of bringing the people to to the potlucks, bringing people to our barbecues, meeting, meeting people out in the wild. We throw parties sometimes as well that are more adult focused. Adult rated. I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. that for a second. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I just remember being at ISTA at our level one and feeling so inspired by um your relationship with your wife because I think was that on a way that you lost your suitcase uh-huh yep yep my right? suitcase fell out fell out of the <laughs> truck of a pickup truck um it was basically I had two suitcases because they were they were one was a carry-on and one of them just dropped off and basically it was the one that had all of my fun, festy, sexy clothes, sparkly, like, kind of like my more costumey stuff. Uh-huh. All of it gone. Basically my entire collection of festival fun stuff that I'd collected over the years was just gone in a moment. Mm-hmm. I, and I love this. And I just remember this moment because I mean, my experience with Polly has not been so great. I mean, I, but I, you know, that's a, it, there's a lot of reasons why, and I take responsibility for a lot of them, but, but um, I just love that moment when your wife sent you a package with like some really cute, sexy, like little underwear for you to wear to our temple nights. And just, I was like, wow, like if there's any way to do Polly Romy's doing it, because the fact that your wife was like, yeah, babe, like here are these fun little outfits, like have a great time, enjoy yourself, like feeling like her backing and support of you in your full expression and getting nourished and however way that was for you. I just thought that that was so sweet. And I loved that. So yeah, thank that you for was modeling amazing. that and what's possible. Like how freaking cool. Yeah, that was amazing. And one of the, I think, biggest tenants of our relationship from the beginning, whether it's around sexy stuff or career or anything really is we are each other's like biggest cheerleader like we prop each other up you know try to push each other to be bigger than they think they can be and kind of go get it go you know be big and I think that is like we're very generous in that way and that is one of the things that keeps us together that actually makes us stronger Uh, there's some way in which I think people sometimes feel that well if I if I if I loosen the leash too much or if I let you know them go then they'll they'll leave but I actually think that that creates a, a a stronger bond because it creates a safety and it's like, well, I want to come back to this. There's, there's, there's so much support and so yeah. much, yeah, so much safety and so much home that why would I want to ever leave that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I'm exploring that myself now. I don't know what it, this new iteration is going to look like for me and how, how I want to be in relationship now, but it is good for me to see it modeled in a different way than I've experienced it and like actually start to unravel like what, what's the, what's the way that I want to relate and what actually feels best for me when there is safety and there is trust and. um, 100%. And I think there's no right way. There's no right way. And I will also mention like, there's no, there's no, you know, better way I don't think that being poly or being open is any better than being monogamous it's really not mm-hmm. uh, what you're trying to do and this is again what we talk about at Soulplay all the time is finding like your authentic self mm-hmm. and what actually allows you relationship structure career just 
general, the way you walk around life, what allows you to thrive Mm -hmm. and be your best self. Mm -hmm. And whatever that is, figure that one out and and go for it. And I will say that about the relating style, uh, it took a long time for us to generate that safety and that bond that allowed us to open in this way. Uh, We were monogamous for 10 years. I mean, we've been together now for 15 you were? Yeah. So we were like totally monogamous for 10 years wow. before we started playing with open relating stuff. So I just, I do want to throw it out there that it's not from day one, that level of trust and kind of secure attachment safety doesn't necessarily, it's kind of hard, I think, to generate from day one. Yeah. Um, I think the science even shows that it takes on average two years to develop a secure attachment with someone. I think trying to be in a poly open like related relationship when you haven't even yet become that secure in your relationship is a tall order in my opinion yeah oh my gosh I just felt my whole body relax hearing you say that like 10 years of building trust and safety mm-hmm. and security and and kids family. <laughs> and, yeah, and kids <laughs> and financial assets and there's yes. like so many things that we are we're like an institution together and then yeah. from that place kind of going out it's a different feeling than just kind of when you don't have they're very much to stand on mm-hmm. fully yeah yeah I'm curious like what are some ways that you like what are some things that has you feel safe and secure what are some things that have me feel safe and secure in your relationship well, I think I think the the consistency and the kind of the amount of experiences both good and bad that we've been through so just the knowledge the kind of somatic knowing that we have gone through and can go through harder periods Mm -hmm. and also good periods and also harder periods and good periods and just the sheer amount of different types of experiences uh, and challenges that we've been through together that helps me feel very safe it's kind of like we can we can handle anything type thing uh Again, having shared values around uh, family and around the family unit and around keeping the family together as a unit is kind of important to us. That has me feeling very safe. There's this way in which knowing that that is a that is a top top value for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we are very ingrained in each other's lives and in like both in our families, like Noah's very ingrained in my extended family, I'm very ingrained in hers and also communities. So just the the enmeshment also helps kind of feel safe and good. And yeah. Yay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Totally using that hearing but, that benefit too. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately I would like to say that it's it's still not without it's still doesn't mean that it's not scary also. Of course. And it doesn't mean that there aren't triggers or fears or, you know, we're all still human and there's no such thing as perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say, I, I, I do believe that we are a great model and don't want to make it sound like it's that easy. It also takes work and we've been in therapy forever and, you know, we've constantly working on our communication and, kind of getting better at the nuances of our needs and where our needs aren't met and where our needs are met. And it's a also a commitment to continued growth together. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so important, especially in this, I think in this line of work in this world is like, you, you've really dedicated so much of your life to this, mm-hmm. to have a partner who is also on this path with you. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel very, very lucky to have a partner to have another partner who is also on board and is very much on, on this path. And yes, I feel very fortunate. And I do believe that if you, this is another thing, I do believe in if you wear yourself out loud, if you actually just be yourself out loud, as controversial as it may be, or as, even if it doesn't really fit in with, with what most of society thinks is normal, but if you just be yourself fully out loud, the people that it's basically you're raising a flag and the people that are also like that or want that or that appeals to them will come kind of like when I built soul play or kind of like when we started the, with the uh, poly picnics here in Maui, basically we raised a flag and said, if you're into this sort of thing, come to us and then the right people show up. And so I believe that the best way to find partners, friends, community that you are really going to mesh with or really going to drive with or really going to bond with it's by being the most you that you can be out loud mm-hmm. and just wait and see flag fr- fly right yeah. yes just let it fly <laughs> and see who shows up and you might be surprised but those who show up are actually the people that share your values that share your your interests mm-hmm. yeah and i am curious about you you mentioned about, you know, not everybody may like it. I'm curious for you, especially in creating this big event, like how, how do you be with, because not everybody is going to like what you have to say. There's always going to be somebody who is upset about something or triggered by something. And how do you, how, how do you show up and handle that when, when people have things to say or about maybe about soul play or your life or their, you know, I'm just curious. Well, I think it depends on the context, um, but basically I am very firm in my beliefs mm-hmm. and in what I stand for, which what I stand for again is people following their truth. I don't stand for poly. Mm-hmm. I don't stand for, you know, unbridled like sex and affection. Like I don't stand for any of that. It's, it's, it's my choice potentially, but it's not something that I think everybody should do. I do stand for people examining their own choices and examining whether they are making their choices based on just something that was a hand-me-down from generations and society or some, or something that they're actually choosing opting into. And so I, that's the thing that I stand for. And so when people have things to say, that's, that is always going to be my line. It's like, you don't have to love the way we do things or the, the hugs or the, you know, or the random making out with people or the cuddle piles. You don't have to be into any of that. But the only thing that I actually do stand for is, you know, if you're going to choose if you're going to be against that, or you're going to choose not to do that, just know it from that you're choosing it, not just because that's, how it's always been done or because your parents told you or because that's how your friends think it. I just ask people to think about it. And if people can't handle that and are just insistent on that it's offensive and weird and 
awkward and gross, they don't have to come and they don't have to be part of my world. I love that. Don't need to please everyone. And we can't. No. Not. No. <sighs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I feel like this is a good place to start to close. I'm curious if there's anything else you feel like you'd like to say before we conclude for our time together. Is there anything I'd like to say? Well, I think I said most of what I wanted to say. Uh, I would, le- if anyone's still listening all the way to the end, <laughs> I would like to remind people that coming to Soul Play is a good idea. If you've never been, uh, it's happening June 8th to the 11th. So it's coming up literally in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have tickets, though they're running out fast and there's a strong chance that we'll sell out before the event actually comes. So there probably won't be tickets at the door. So just if you're interested in a place where you can be you and you can open up, discover things about yourself and really just a very different way of being um, that's heart centered, community focused, and ultimately feels like family to most people. If you're interested in those kind of things, check it out. And uh, you, the way you can check it out is going to our website. It's soulplay.co. And we'll and link it in see, the show notes too. Everything. And we'll put it in the notes and you can just see all the all the details uh, over there. And then the last thing I want to say that's not about that is if I want to leave you with one thing, it's I've said it a million times throughout this hour, but I will say it again. Like being you, like you are amazing. And whatever that is, whatever the version of you that is really you, not the version that your parents gave you or your friends gave you, but the version that is the unique version of you, that's the combination of all that, is truly amazing. And if you can identify and be in that, you will thrive. Like your life will, will, will seem amazing to you. And that's, that's the best, that, that's the best advice or suggestion I can give to anybody is find who you are and be that and ignore all the rest. And I'll tag on to that and say, this will be my, my sales pitch for soul play is it does take courage and work to be the fullest version of yourself. So we need communities like soul play who, who help to usher people into that because in this world that we live in, it's not always that easy to just step out and be like, this is who I am. People have fear about that. And so we need community. We need these workshops. We need facilitators. We need people to show us the way. So if you feel a soul calling to go to soul play. (laughs) And even if you don't, even if you don't, that is also fine. Totally. Uh, (laughs) Amazing. You'll just be, you'll just, you know, have less of a good June if yeah. you don't come. But otherwise, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Romy, so much for coming. Thank you so much, Meredith. This was so fun. So sweet to be with you. All right. Until next time, serving love. I love you all. Thank you for listening to Serving Love Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. You can find me on social media as Meredith Lynn. Until next time, I wish you lots of love.